Hello and welcome to the Podcast Review Podcast. I'm your host, David Elder, an Associate Professor of Writing and Rhetoric at Morningside College. Every week, I review a different podcast for how it could be used in a college classroom. This week, I'm a bit disappointed. Don't worry, I will deliver my usual high-quality analysis, but I had a great idea for this week, and because of facts, it didn't pan out. I had this great idea of reviewing a group of short-run or limited podcasts altogether, but then I realized that one of the main ones I was going to review was actually picked up for a second season, and it'll be running more episodes sometime next year. Ugh. So, I was going to give you some static, completed, amazing miniseries this week, but it turns out that one of the best ones might not be a miniseries at all. However, this is even more heartbreaking for me because it's been the number one top podcast on iTunes all summer, and I told y'all last season that I'd try to give you some more of the obscure stuff. And I need to just stop teasing you. This week, I'll be reviewing Malcolm Gladwell's new podcast titled Revisionist History. And before you ask, yes, it's that Malcolm Gladwell. Author of Outliers, Tipping Point, Blink, David and Goliath, the multiple New York Times best-selling author, and he's throwing his hat into the podcasting ring. I just want to say that he's a super smart guy, he's a great storyteller, and he decided to get into podcasting after I did. I'm not sure how that matters, but I think for my own self-interest, it's important to note. Anyway, Gladwell partnered with the Panoply Network, a subsidiary of Slate, the magazine-slash-website, to create his podcast. His intention with the podcast is to, in his own words, quote, go back and reinterpret something from the past, an event, a person, an idea, something overlooked, something misunderstood, end quote. And, sadly, I think he hasn't quite lived up to the description of the podcast. Based on what he said about it, I was expecting a history podcast where he examines stories from what we might think of as history. Now, everything that we've experienced is history because it's in the past, but I know many people think of history as things that happened before they were born. But Gladwell does a good job of actually understanding the study of history and decides to do roughly half of the ten episodes about things that have happened recently, at least according to my dad. Before I get into the actual content of the podcast, though, I think it's important to address some of the criticism of Gladwell himself. He's a great writer and communicator, but there have been quite a few critiques of his actual method, at least in his books. Gladwell has been accused, especially in the academic community, of choosing studies that best fit his narrative rather than trying to actually show what the scientific consensus is on a subject. For example, Christopher Chabris wrote a fairly scathing review of Gladwell's last book, David and Goliath, in the Wall Street Journal. The subtitle of the review is, Malcolm Gladwell too often presents as proven laws what are just intriguing possibilities and musings about human behavior. More specifically, though, Chabris digs into the sources Gladwell uses, the scientific studies from which Gladwell gets his supposed theories about human life, and shows why the studies are flawed. I'm just going to read a bit of the review, a part where Chabris discusses one of Gladwell's great theories based on a single scientific study. Quote, First, the study just involved 40 people, a fact Mr. Gladwell fails to mention. That's a very small sample on which to hang a big argument, end quote. He then goes on to write, Quote, but Mr. Gladwell doesn't tell readers that when other researchers tried to replicate the study, testing nearly 300 people at a Canadian public university, they could not replicate the original effect, end quote. In other words, Gladwell found a study that would fit his narrative, even if it was highly flawed and proven false. 
This is a trick that Gladwell uses often in his books, and many, in the academic world especially, are getting tired of it. So why am I, an academic, looking at his podcast? Well, first of all, I wanted to see if his podcast was anything like his books, which, full disclosure, I enjoy reading quite a bit. I just don't read the books with rose-tinted lenses. Anyway, I'm quite happy to say that his podcast is very little like his books. The only real similarity between the two is that, well, they're both made by Gladwell. The podcast is much more about telling stories, stories that many people may not have heard. At the beginning of the podcast, Gladwell says that he really wants us to, like I said before, go back and reinterpret something from the past. In each episode, he tells a story about a person or an event in the past and tries to shed some more light on it, to rethink it. And one of the things that all the critics of Gladwell agree on is that he's a great storyteller. It's just that his critics don't like it when he tries to create narratives out of shoddy science. However, Gladwell isn't trying to make an overarching, large-scale point about humanity with the podcast like he does with his books. Rather, he attempts to illuminate a different piece of the past every episode. The episodes are quite far-ranging in their topics. He covers topics like sexism by looking at a 19th century painter who, as a woman, had a difficult time making it into the inner circle of England's art scene. But he connects that story with contemporary politics and the difficulty of being a woman in a powerful position. He has an episode about Wilt Chamberlain's inability, and other big men's inability, to shoot free throws. He has a three-episode miniseries about college that connects the past to current problems facing higher education. The final episode of the season explores why satire doesn't work well in the current political climate. The topics are far-ranging, and the great thing is that Gladwell doesn't have to pin each story to a scientific study. He has a lot of guests on each episode who help tell the story, and the research he must do for each episode is overwhelming. These are well-told stories about interesting subjects in history. But how would it work in a college classroom? This is where the podcast gets a little tricky. Unlike most of the other podcasts I've reviewed, this one doesn't have a consistent theme or subject. Sure, it's about history, but I was a history major in college. There aren't too many classes that are just about history. There's usually a time or place that the class is focused on, and this podcast is focused on whatever Malcolm Gladwell is interested in. So unless you're going to build an entire history course around what Malcolm Gladwell is interested in, it's not the best podcast to use for a history course. For that, I'd suggest Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. It's not focused on one time period or place either, but there are currently 58 episodes to cherry pick, so you could more easily fit some of those within the theme of your history course. Another one that I don't like quite as much as Hardcore History, but has a much larger library of episodes, is Stuff You Missed in History Class. Their website even has podcasts searchable by topic, like American Civil War or Middle Eastern History. Much more wide-ranging and many more episodes to choose from. But that leaves us once again with what to do with Gladwell's podcast. How can we use it in the classroom? I was about to tell you, sorry, dear listener, I've got nothing. But then I thought even harder. I think this podcast would be great for a creative nonfiction writing class. Gladwell does a great job of blending research and narrative, and his podcast could be used as a model. Heck, you could have students to listen to a couple, and then write and produce a podcast of their own. It'd be a great blend of new and old media, and a great way to make the creative nonfiction genre, if we can call it a genre, come alive for the students. But David, why not just use This American Life for that type of assignment? Well, that's a good question. In fact, if I had to compare revisionist history to any podcast, it would probably be This American Life. But the biggest advantage revisionist history has is that there's no Ira Glass or NPR voice. I might get some flack for saying that. 
but Gladwell's voice is just more pleasing to listen to. I also think the style is a little different, and while there might not be an overarching theme to all the stories, they are more based in history, whereas This American Life is more focused on current society. Another way I could see this being useful as a podcast in the classroom is if you're teaching an introduction to history course, and you want to show students an interesting approach to writing about history. Sure, this is an audio format, but it's pretty obvious he's not just speaking off the cuff. It could show students just how much work goes into creating a good narrative about history and the multitude of sources necessary to make it believable. So those are a couple ideas, but honestly, this isn't the best podcast I've listened to for using in the classroom. That's not to say it isn't good, because it's great. It's just more difficult to use because the topics are so disparate. One thing I will say, though, is that the three-episode miniseries about college could be great fodder for a first-year seminar type of course, where students are discussing why they're in college or the importance of the liberal arts. He digs into the world of college endowments and how ridiculous they are at some of the most prestigious universities. He looks at the food offered in different schools and how that impacts the campus. And the other one is about how difficult it is to rise through the U.S. educational system if you come from poverty. Those would be interesting discussion starters for sure. And that's the podcast for today. Now, before I wrap up, I want to do a bit of an update on last week's episode about keeping it 1600. The podcast has started to go to a two-podcast-per-week format, but Dan Pfeiffer isn't in the Monday show, just in case anyone thought I was misleading them. And now, that's all for this week's episode. I want to thank Zach Schenecker for producing the Podcast Review Podcast. The logo for the show was created by Vaughn Donahue, owner of Destination Graphic. If you have any comments or recommendations for podcasts, you can contact me on Twitter, at David E. Elder. And a review on iTunes is always helpful. We'll see you next week, and sorry, Joel, maybe next time.